we're all protecting you. We have, we have all protected, protected you. you. About my marriage? About what you told us about your marriage. With the mostest? We you told us. Okay, I don't know. Don't, don't ever so bring you guys around me like that. Let me tell you something, Heather. It's the only thing. If I want to see that, I would have wrote it. I mean, I'm not really sure what I've done to you, but I'm looking for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hot and Bravo podcast on the Buttered Pop Network. It is Eddie Estrada here with my co-host, Armin. Arms, how you doing? I'm doing great, Eddie. How are you? I'm a little bummed, though, because Roni has come to an end. I know. If you guys don't know already from the title, we are recapping Real Housewives of New York Season 11 Reunion Part 3. Wow, that was a mouthful. <laughs> Which was not really a mouthful in terms of the amount of television we were trying to digest it was a lot of resolution yeah it was a lot of resolution but not a lot of meat yeah it didn't feel meaty but it was very mature conversations with andy as the mediator getting every single conflict to a place of resolution and closure yes and so that's why it didn't really feel like that explosive well because it wasn't it wasn't explosive it wasn't explosive and like that's usually how we frame these reunions who walked off who was allying with who who's uh feuding with with who there was none of that it was yeah, we've got some issues to work out here. Barbara has an issue, or Dorinda has an issue with Barbara. Uh, Barbara and Lou have an issue. Lou and Bethany. Bethany have an issue. But they're going to talk it out. They're together again, friends again, at the very end, uh, making a toast with virgin mojitos. And and the serenity prayer, which was a whole other <laughs> layer to that. Let's t- start this recap with kind of like the fun moments. Or not fun moments, but like the lighter moments of the episode and things we didn't see. There were a few of those, right? Yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> the first thing that I was shocked by, honestly, was... Was it the scram? The scrim? Right, the scram. The scram, which is Luann's breathalyzer machine. Which she has to blow in three times a day. Um, which we hadn't really seen before. And we see... <laughs> We see the clip of Bethany and she's talking about her childhood trauma, you yep. know, having the conversation with Ramona. It's a very deep moment. And <laughs> Luann turns to Andy, she's like, um, what time is it? <laughs> Which at first just appears like she's bored. <laughs> like she's like, she's like, oh, how much more do I have to do this? Yeah, it looks like she's just bored with the reunion. Is like, how much more of this Bethany? When is do this gonna to end? Yeah. But then he's like, oh, it's 7.45. And she's like, oh, shit, I was supposed to do my thing at 7. And I'm like, you had plans on a a reunion night? Have you done this before, Luann? But it's not plans. It's the time she has to breathe into her breathalyzer, which is a whole other beast. It's surreal. You know, again, when you don't see it, you don't fully comprehend what she's going through. And I think that's why we said on the last podcast how... We were kind of bummed that we didn't get to see that aspect of Luann's life this season. Yeah. Until that footage was shown on the reunion. Honestly, I feel like that might have changed a little bit. I think think you you would have had more sympathy for her. I would have. Because I would have seen, you know, she's going through this three times a day. She has to make sure this and that. But like we said in the last podcast, she clearly was making ways around it or she thought she could make ways around it. Well, I don't fully agree with that. I don't know if she tried to go around it. Well, what we said, we were talking about the time frame with mimosas and stuff, so we don't know exactly. And remember, that time she drank, she got caught. Yeah. It's very possible that was her first slip up. And last slip up. 
Yeah. And she I know, slipped I was up going and she full, got caught. I was going for Mona. I was like, I still think I'm drinking on the side, Luann. I mean, you would think that if she was doing it, then she would have had she would have a system and she wouldn't be getting caught. You know, Easter Sunday. <laughs> Your calibration is just off exactly, on Easter Sunday. Yeah. But um so that means if it's the same every day, that means 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. are definitive times for her doing the breathalyzer because she said she was supposed to do it at 3 p.m. Oh. when she got caught with the mimosas. Yeah. She was supposed to do it at 7 p.m. during the reunion. If it's, I don't know if it's the same every day, but if it is, I'm, I'm guessing what? The first one comes at 10 a.m. or 9 a.m.? So you get a morning one, you get an early afternoon, and then you get a nighttime. I'm sure, yeah. It's probably like 10, 3, and 7. Yeah, something like that, right? Because we know she started drinking a little after 10 a.m. Well, if the it's time like, she got caught. Yeah, because if it's about four hours apart, then that would be around 11, 12, 1, 2, yeah. 3. But it just doesn't four, check five, out because she said she started drinking at 10. So it would have to be 10. And she like does the breathalyzer, then starts drinking. She's like, okay, I'm going to do it, start drinking, and then hopefully get sober by 3. But it didn't work. You just have to pull a Leslie Mann and have uh, Steve Carell blow into your breathalyzer before you drive down the street. That's all I got. Well, that say. didn't end up. That didn't end up in a good spot either. I okay. This this I didn't do anything illegal, but I knew a kid who had a DUI in college, mm-hmm. and I remember one time we were somewhere, and he literally was drinking and had driven his car somewhere and had a breathalyzer thing in his car and asked someone to breathe into his thing, and they, first of all, they were like, someone was like, "No, you can't do that." And the guy turns around, he's like, I'm too drunk anyways. And so then the guy just like laid down on the couch at this place and like went to sleep. But I was like, people actually do that. It's crazy. Like, clearly you shouldn't be driving. It was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. I was in shock. And I was like, this is crazy. Takes a shot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you didn't have a DUI. Yeah, I didn't have to breathe. So you can take your shot. Of course I'm drinking Luann. Yeah, I'm drinking (laughs) Luann. (laughs) But yeah, that was a surreal moment. And I had the same reaction as you when she goes 7 p.m. I was like. Did she have a prior engagement? Yeah, I'm like, who planned stuff on a reunion night? Get with a debidness. Uh, let's talk about something that was really painful for Barbara that actually I've gone through as well. Um, and that is a spray tan gone wrong. <laughs> have you had a spray tan gone wrong? Okay, well, none of my spray tans go wrong, but the whole leaking onto the bed and staining things is so common. So That's I, a real thing. Oh, yeah. So I used to get... I had a spray tan membership, and I would get spray tans every other week. I remember you had your diff, your favorite ones. Like uh, I remember one was called hashtag post vacay. Post vacay. Yeah, oh, you used to me. tell me. You'd say, Armin, I'm going on vacation, so I'm going to get hashtag post vacay. And, and I, I'd, I'd always say, Eddie, why are you getting hashtag post vacay if you're going on vacay? You're going to the vacay. Yeah, but you want to look like you've been on vacay at the vacay. No, you want to look like you're right in the midst of a vacay at the vacay. You don't want to look post-vacay at the vacay. Then it looks like you're vacaying way too much. No. Then people are like, who is that mystery rich fellow over there that (laughs) never stops vacationing with that post-vacay tan on a vacation? (laughs) Yeah, I'm a man of mystery. That was your favorite, right? Post-vacay? Post-vacay. There was Sunkiss. There was all these different ones. Sugared and Bronzed in Los Angeles, if you want to check that out. What was it called? Sugared and Bronzed? Sugared and Bronzed. They're in Beverly Hills, Ventura, <laughs> Redondo Beach. Um, but no. Hashtag ad. But for real, like I remember in college, I could not have certain colored sheets because they looked like 
someone had literally like done the doo-doo all over them because oh they were like brown God. and orange. I had gotten spray tans on people, on clothes. I have like shirts that were ruined because the inside neck was so oranged out. Dude, I, I, kn- I get Barbara's pain. First of all, she looks great with her spray tans. They need to stop making fun of her spray tans. Even but Andy that's was, a like, bit excessive. If you're leaking, you're probably going f- too far. Okay, so the thing is, is like you leak or stain anytime after you get the spray tan. So most spray tans, what? Okay, I'm gonna get deep into the science of spray tans really quick, just so that you know. So listeners, they, skip the next minute. Yeah, basically, <laughs> when you spray, it's a, it it's a makeup layer that also sets into your skin to stain your skin. So the makeup layer you're gonna wash off anyways, which is why the spray tans look so dark after they start setting. You look about one to two shades darker than you're actually going to be before you shower. Unless you do like an express whatever blend and then you could just shower like an hour or two after. But what most people do is they'll get a spray tan before a big event or for the, you want to get it the day before you never get a spray tan the day of. Right. But what right, happens right. is, is when you go to sleep that night and you let it sit natural sweat, your body moving around, you're going to have orange all over the bed. You're going to have orange everywhere. So no matter what, no matter what. So when I even go get a spray tan, I wear crappy underwear, old shorts, <laughs> a tank top that I never wear that I like cycle through because I know they could get stained and ruined. And then in bed, I'm like minimal covers and I do like dark brown sheets. Like I don't get spray tans anymore because I just am out and about, but I have <laughs> like, like, I have a natural, I have a natural hashtag tan. It's, look. it's literally summer. But my new sheets that I have right now in my bed are like a cream linen. And if I got a spray tan, I'd ruin them. So I would switch out my sheets to my dark brown. I have literal dark brown, like chocolate sheets specifically for post spray tan. You literally bought sheets. I'm no. Purely for the purpose of getting hashtag post vacay. My parents, after the first year of college made sure I did not have white sheets anymore in my bed because it looked like someone had literally stained my entire bed. That's amazing. You are buying dark brown sheets so you can feed your tanning habit. I'm obsessed. I love it. I mean, Barbara, it's a quick tip. I'm sure she already knows. She looks fantastic. The lady's making fun of her tan. Get (laughs) over it. Wiping the tan off. I mean, also you have to think they probably put bronzer on her and a couple, you know, to make it even and stuff like that. So I bet Bethany just has the same amount of body makeup on her that she does on Barbara. She just didn't get hers wiped off and it was a different color. So to all the haters out there, spray tan away. Team Barbara. It's better to have a spray tan than skin cancer. So go Barbara. I'm just being honest. Wear sunscreen. Put an SPF on. Always. Always. That's our PSA of the day. Well, anything over 50 doesn't really work. Like 70 and stuff is all like not real. So 50 is the cap. 50 is good. If you guys have a 50, make sure you guys put a golf ball amount, one ounce amount for every so much, like every half of your body. You basically want to use a full sunscreen on your body no. for a full day out. Sun- yeah. A Most- full sunscreen? Well, yeah. how big are we talking? Here? You need to at least use one ounce per... Uh, there's a certain like measurement, but I used to do sunscreen for the honest company and we would say either a shot glass or a golf ball is the amount that you need to use. Um, and don't drink it people. When you put it in the shot glass, you don't drink it. Yeah, You don't drink it. You apply it on your skin. All right, let's move on. So, uh, Barbara didn't only get in trouble for her spray tan. She also got in a little bit of trouble for her comment about Luann's singing. She claims that Luann can't sing. We saw this, of course, uh, during her Luann's Christmas special. Luann uh, took a little bit of offense to it. 
uh, at the reunion. We didn't get a reaction on the show because she didn't see it. Barbara was in, in the audience. Luann wasn't too happy. She thought that Barbara should have never said it. Um, Barbara defends herself by saying, look, Luann, uh, you're not Adele. <laughs> what did you think? I'm Eddie? not trying to be Adele. <laughs> this was hilarious because, first of all, it's true. And everything that they're saying is right. It's not a terrible show. I mean, it was entertaining, I have to admit. I, I hated it. Oh, we had it. a great time. Come on. I, I mean, I hated her singing. I literally said this up. I was like, I will never go see Luann sing again because the woman cannot sing. Don't be so one cool. But, I mean, it's an experience. And I think that's what Barbara was trying to say was like, you're an entertainer. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, Selena Gomez can't sing. She's still making money. <laughs> <laughs> she has enough money to go to uh, Sir. That's for sure. Exactly. She's meeting our friend, uh, Mr. Madrigal. Mr. Madrigal. Um... <laughs> Um, have you seen the video of Luann singing happy birthday to Ben? The, no. Remember Ben? Oh, oh, oh. The, He's always around. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that was season nine, I want to say, that, that clip. Oh, my gosh. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. And Ben is just eating it up. He loves it. She, I think she is delusional. She's like one of those people in American Idol who's like, yeah, I've got this. Mm-hmm. And even when Simon's like, honey, no. She's like, no, you just are hearing it wrong. Can I, sing. I love producer Chris back in season three uh, when Luann was like, try, she was like in the studio and she's like trying to really sing, right? And producer Chris is like, give me full countess. Remember he like loved calling her the countess? She's like, you can call me Luann. He's like, no, no, you're countess. You're the countess. And he like kept on trying to like stress to her to use like all of her chest. Yeah, it. not just but, her neck and her throat. Like she was just trying to, she was actually trying to make it sound like really nice. Like what, what was that song? Money that can't buy your class, right? That was the first one. I think one. so, yeah. So she's trying to go like, money can't buy. Like she's like, like trying to make it really sound nice. And he's just like, I want the full like strength of your the depth of your voice because she has a really deep voice and he's like give give it and to the me. Deep he voice would probably sound good. It's no, that's the point. He recognizes yeah. that like she's not going to be like a classically great singer, but like give me your deep voice and I'm going to produce the shit out of it and give you money can't buy you class. It's a lot harder to sing those like neck high like throat voices because you don't have as as much control as you do in your diaphragm, which is where all the power comes and the strength for singing. So when you're singing with your true voice. And you're and you're giving everything. It yeah. sounds full and rich, and even if you don't hit the note all the way, it still has that strength to kind of carry the note. Whereas if you're like, ah, yeah, yeah. Luann, it's just not good. But so, Lou, I think Lou, you know, she got some good tips from producer Chris. Back yeah, in she the day. did, but she still can't sing. No, she's not. She's not quite the singer. I also liked when Bethany was like, "How can you get offended by Barbara saying this when you're literally making fun of Barbara spray tan five minutes earlier?" She brings it up. She's like, right. and what did you say about Barbara Spray Tan? It's the same thing. We're all talking shit. Exactly. It's Roni. It's Roni. And she's like, at the same time, she's like, it's an opinion. If it doesn't affect you, it shouldn't affect you, essentially, is what she's trying to say. Because Barbara's still going to be doing her spray tans, and Luann's still going to be trying to sing at her cabaret. And then Bethany with the save. She's like, can we vote for the hall pass for Barbara? And and everyone votes, like, raise their hand. And then even Lou, you have to give Lou credit, Eddie. She relents. And she's like, oh, I vote for the hall pass. And she has fun with it. That's why I always give Lou credit. Because a lot of housewives infamously dig their heels in. But Lou always, she has her come to Jesus moments. She really does. You have to admit it. I mean, even when we saw the flashback, right? Bethany calling her a slut and a snake. And this and that. 
from so many years, even dating back to season three, yes. calling her a snake. What does Lou ultimately do? She's very quick quick to forgive and say, you know what? Ah, it's all right. No one can handle Lou except for these ladies. I mean, she's like, these are the only friends I've got besides money can't buy you class. Money can't buy you class. Elegance is earned. I think actually they're best friends. Yeah, they're actually, that's what I'm saying. That's her only other friend. That's her like, I mean, look at that rendition. Like that has to come from a place of love. Um, But no, I I, like, that was actually a cute moment when Luann's like, oh, okay. Hall pass. And then Sonia's like, I thought I was voting for most fuckable. Barbara, I did like Barbara also talking about how she doesn't want to be labeled, so you label her whatever she wants, and she wanted to be open and honest. And I thought it was about her sexuality, and I thought it was really real and of her to be like, at first I didn't want to show it, but like, why not? I had a relationship with a woman for a year, and that's who I am. And I'm hoping to see a lot more, hopefully this opens the door for more LGBT characters on Housewives, because we see it on Vanderpump Rules, we see it on Summer House, we see it on you know, all these other shows on Bravo, but the housewives, we really haven't had, you know, a true LGBT icon housewife that I can think of. Yeah. And even Vanderpump rules, the LGBT representation hasn't come from the main cast. It's all supporting. Yeah. So and, I would and, love to and see one of them a is gone cast. now. So, and Barbara again is not the main cast. Yeah. So maybe we'll see. Maybe Be- Beverly Hills. I feel like yeah. we could get something in BH represent people. Right. I mean, yeah, Right now, it's a little homogenous. Mm-hmm. We can admit that, right? So let's let's get some diversity here because th- this is the real housewives. Yes, but they're representing a small slice. So give us a little more. I, I love it. So um, that wasn't the only Barbara drama, though. <laughs> Dorinda no, was like, wasn't. "Oh, Barbara, you were a real bitch," and this dates back. To maybe the second or third episode, I want to say. I forgot very, this happened. Yeah, I forgot it happened too when Barbara uh, went to Dorinda's place, right? To go check it out for contracting. They were going to redo the apartment, update it. That didn't work out. Um, and, you know, Barbara was defending Lou at the time. And uh, Dorinda blew up. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Like, she exploded. We have some actually really good screen caps of that. Like, oh, yeah. Dorinda... Red faced, ready to super pissed, and um, that led to them kind of like having some friction for a while. Oh, 100%. And it's and Dorinda basically is like, I felt you, we had been friends for a very long time, and right. I felt you jumped the loo train where I had completely drank the cool loo aid, clue aid. I don't know, I was trying to make it funny, but like <laughs> at the end of the day, like it's true, it, it felt like Barbara had chosen a side in the friend group that was against Dorinda and honestly, basically everyone except for Bethany. I see, but I think that's an improper framing of it. I don't think Barbara was against anybody. No, I, I don't think, think she, she was. Yeah. But that was she was just Dorinda, trying to support Lou. Exactly. But that's how Dorinda perceived it. Yeah. She that, viewed pro Lou as anti me. Exactly. Because, but that wasn't the case. Because that's kind of what the storyline was. It was like Luann versus Dorinda, the heckler versus the heckly. And it was like, <laughs> which by the way, Dorinda was on Watch What Happens Live last night. And still to this day is like, I did not heckle her and I don't want to hear this ever again. <sighs> She's delusional. I mean, we always say Lou is delusional. Dorinda is unbelievably delusional at times. Uh-huh. And I, I love her for it. She is incredibly stubborn. And, and she is admittedly so. Um, but there's times like these where it's like, Dorinda, stop being stubborn. You heckled her. It's on tape. We see it. That's why we all say, Giovanni. <laughs> Come on, Dorinda. Giovanni. But at the very least, Dorinda did admit 
that she should have just showed up to the clam bake and apologized to Lou. Yeah. She should have went there and said, I, I love you. You may not like me. You may not love me, but I love you and I want to start to make this work. And of course, that didn't happen until the Berkshires. Yes. So they went back to New York after the clam bake. They had the gangster's lunch, which they were okay at, but it didn't really help things. Yes. And then there was the first land at Berkshires, which, of course, was kind of a shit show because of the fish room. But then, finally, Dorinda did apologize, and it was super sincere. We talked about it. It was yeah. one of the great apologies in Housewives history. It wasn't some bullshit non-apology. She actually said, I fucked up. I'm and, sorry. And I know I defended non-apologies for a very long time, but I got a non-apology recently, and I was like, okay, this is fucked up. Yeah, you used to say that if if even if someone says, I'm sorry, that's how you feel, then that's a real apology. And I've always been a big proponent of that being a non-apology, and you denied the non apologiness of that non-apology, but now you've turned around. Yeah, because someone did it to me, and I was like, no, bitch. You felt no, it. You finally felt bitch. it. Oh, yeah. no. no don't, don't be sorry for how I feel. Be sorry for your actions. Exactly. You're the one who did it. Uh, and then we got the Barbara hug line, yeah, which was super fun. before that. Yeah. I'm a little bit pissed at Dorinda for calling Barbara the turnip in the fruit basket. Mm-hmm. She was like, what doesn't fit? When you look around, when you get that fruit basket and there's something that doesn't fit when you're in kindergarten, oh, the turnip doesn't fit. It shouldn't be here. Basically saying that Barbara does not fit in the group. Which is so bizarre because they are actually longtime friends. And Barbara is yes. a longtime member yes. of this group, just not on camera. Exactly. And... Bethany kind of says, oh, yeah, well, Barbara, when you talked to me and you were upset after the show, I said, it's because you didn't reveal a lot about yourself. The show's about opening up, revealing, getting dirty. And she's like, and, and Barbara's like, and I think that's why I make a great friend. So I don't think Barbara will be back in a housewife capacity. I think she likes being so. a friend. Yeah. And I think it's a way that she can get the TV time, like Bethany said, without getting dirty. So even though she'd be a little bit dirty, but yeah, then they have the hug line. Yeah. What were you? You love the hug. I just thought it was funny how it started off like as a, I think it was a Dorinda Barbara hug. And then everyone wants to get in on oh, it because even Ramona, they, Ramona and Barbara had their own little resolution, right? Because Ramona was honestly like really, really mean to Barbara throughout oh, the whole season. Yeah. So they, they addressed that as well. They basically went through like all the Barbara grievances and Ramona like apologized. Why we hate Barbara. Because Ramona treated her like shit. And so like Ramona goes and gives her a hug. Sonia's like, I want in on the hug. Everyone's giving her a hug. Barbara's like, Andy, do you want a hug? And he's like, no. He's like, I, I'm good. <laughs> he's so matter of fact about it. He's just like, no, I just want to move on. Stop. That was pretty great. But then we got into the real show. Like yes. why we're really here. That is Bethany feuding with Lou. <sighs> there's a lot to unpack here because there's a lot that happens. Um, but the crux of it is that Bethany felt like Lou was too self-centered all season. She wasn't being a good friend. And basically everyone agreed with that. She didn't have any humility. She was super arrogant, constantly talking about cabaret. Even Bethany at one point says, you said cabaret 19 times. Yeah. Well, I love in, 19 is a part of, is a very yeah, important number. It's a very important number in Housewives. But I, I think that also... That whenever she Bethany was saying nineteen times, I was like, "Are we at a Jersey reunion? Is this?" Yeah, wait, there's Barbara the tans, over there the with the super tan. I'm like, "Oh God, people who think they can sing Danielle Staub, oh God!" <laughs> oh my gosh, times Danielle Staub with her girlfriend, the performance on Watch What Happens Live. Yes, unbelievable. 
That's an iconic moment. I mean, I posted um, the Luann video on our Hot and Bravo to her on Watch What Happens Live. Yeah. And people are like, oh my God. People hadn't seen it. And it's bad. With just the random drag queen standing behind her, it's bad. Chrissy Teigen doesn't even know what to do. She's like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Her and Andy are just giving us each other this look like, what are we doing here? What, did we, what, what have our lives come to this? You know what's funny though? Chrissy and Lou are like pretty good friends. They like FaceTime a lot and whatnot. I wouldn't say they're pretty good friends. I think they are acquaintances. I think they're strong acquaintances. They're strong acquaintances. I think there's other people on the housewives that Christy is a lot closer to than Luann. I think she finds the humor of the <laughs> idea of Luann. I don't think As I, we all do. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Christy would be like, Oh yeah, me and Lou are besties. I don't think she would be. I think she's a little embarrassed by Luann because you could see it on her face in that performance. I think they're besties. Okay. You just want everyone to be besties <laughs> with Lou because you're up Lou's ass. Okay, Barbara. Um, um, yeah, so I mean. I'm the Barbara of the podcast. I mean. But here's the thing. Luann admits she is self-centered. And we talked about this while we were watching. And I understand her admitting that she's self-centered, but it's one of those same things as Ramona admitting that she has to keep her mouth shut. Because you can talk the talk all you want, but until you walk the walk, I'm not going to buy it. And Luann's been saying, yeah, I know I'm so self-centered. I know this isn't a thing. Like, I know I need to pay more attention to my friends. But she's not. And I think for me, the smoking gun, and I think this should have been the smoking gun for Luann as well, is when... They ask, where's Sonia's daughter going to school next year? And she can't even name. And everyone else is like, are you joking? Pen. Pen. Which is, I mean, first of all, probably on the blog sites anyways, if she looked at anyone else on the Housewives besides herself, she probably would have seen something somewhere. But more than that, talk to, if someone's actually your friend, talk to them, ask them about their lives. Don't just But rant. she isn't denying that she is currently being self-centered. And she even says, I look like an asshole. I was being an asshole. But is she doing anything to change it? It's a process, Eddie. It's a process. It's been a process and at for the 11 very seasons. At the very least, she doesn't deny it. And you bring up Ramona as if Ramona has ever had any element of self-awareness. Like, she may sometimes say, oh, yeah, that was really terrible what I said. But then she'll also say, but why did the editors show it? Or she'll also try to justify it. Or she'll say, no, I didn't do anything that bad. Actually, Bethany, you're the one in the wrong because you don't support other women. At the very least, Lou, every single time, fully owns it. But she may not change, but no, she fully owns it. But she also does make excuses. Like, I mean, she talks about like the, what was it? Like the pink haze or the pink cloud when she got out of the thing. Or she's like, oh, well, you know, I was going through recovery at this time. Or, oh, you know, like I was dealing with my show and I had to do this. Like she accepts it, but she always has to throw in either a dig at Bethany or uh, I don't think she throws in digs at Bethany. I, I, I think she's not a, that often. I think Luann is a lot better at hiding those deflections while still doing them than Ramona is. And I invite you to watch, watch again and see if I, you'd catch it. <laughs> no, I know what you're talking about. What she is doing is providing context. When she says, yes, I've been self-centered and it's largely because I am trying so hard to focus on myself provide myself with self-care so that I don't relapse, that is context. It's not deflecting. It's just providing context. When Ramona says, oh yeah, that Dennis thing I said was really bad, but why did the Bravo editors show it? That's not context. You said it. No, you said, okay, so that's different. But at the same time, I don't know. But the, the thing is, is like, this has been Luann forever and she still hasn't figured it out. So all these new contexts for me <laughs> seem like new excuses. 
I, I don't think Luann has ever been this bad. Lou season six? Come on. Even Lou season seven? Eggs à la France. <laughs> she really wasn't self-centered in those seasons. Am I wrong? And then season eight, she kind of starts to turn when she starts to date Tom. Honestly, everything has gone to the shitter since she started dating Tom D'Agostino. I, I want to say I think she's always been self-centered, and I think she's always had yeah, this she's character pretty and this air about her and this self- yes, sense of entitlement. Yes, of course, yes. season one, but the countess bullshit. Agree, it turned almost harmful to the rest of the group after she met Tom. It turned it turned its head on itself after she got with Tom. And I felt like she had a come to Jesus moment when she got demoted season six. She comes in with a great season. She actually has self-awareness. She's not being the countess. And remember even Bethany said in season seven, she comes back and she's like, Oh wow. The whole countess shtick is gone. So, but my thing is it was the nicest shtick because the countess thing is what she reverts back to. And that's what we saw since the beginning. So what's the shtick? Is it the countess or is it? I think the countess is the shtick. You do? She's just some nurse from Connecticut, Eddie. Who always dreamed of being something more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's the shtick. The shtick is this countess who is a global star, an international person. That's the shtick. She's really, you know, uh, a person who was one of seven children growing up, who, who was raised by a mother who had to grind hard to raise seven children. That's hard no matter who you are. Becomes a nurse in Connecticut and then somehow ends up with the count. Runs okay, runs away from being a nurse to try and start her modeling career in Italy. Gives everyone crabs in Italy. Fakes her <laughs> way onto different TV shows until she somehow <laughs> finds her way with the count. Moves to New York and then becomes friends with the right people to get on the show. I, I think you're looking at Luann. I want you to go back and watch Luann. Where were where I've actually come never from. seen it. I really would love to because see because I think you need to watch that because it starts off exactly like you say. I'm with this girl from Michigan. You know, just doing my thing. Oh, Michigan. Okay, I thought she was from Connecticut. Oh no, she. I think she's from michigan oh and then they moved to connecticut yeah okay so she goes and shows the house that she grew up and then she starts talking about when she got into her 20s she decided to go to europe and then it's like (laughs) okay so i think that's what i'm saying it's the shtick that's the fucking no but every i think everyone starts off at a good person like i could be like i was you know i was the fourth living generation born in a hospital from my hometown and you know we all knew everyone and it was just really sweet and then i could be a crazy ass bitch and you would be like oh well the bitch is the shtick but it's not. Sometimes the shtick overcomes who you are and becomes your true self. It's like the freaking mask. The movie The Mask where it cuts onto your and you're stuck with the mask and he's like wah 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 and he's doing the well, whole I thing. Well I think we all have kind of different uh, layers uh, to ourselves. You right? will literally <laughs> We have to we have what do you mean? You people will are complex. Die on this no, hill. people are just people are complex, Eddie. Wouldn't you say that about yourself? I do, but I, I think I put forth my most real self all the time and I try to every single day. And I think it's a struggle for most people. And it is a struggle for most people. You see it all the time. I think Luann is living her truth and the way that she wants to be and who she thinks she is. And that's the countess. And I, I even if you might think it's a shtick. But that's not her real truth. The real truth is just the down and dirty Lou who likes to have a good time. Even, we, we talked about this all uh, season 10. Right? Season 10, you loved Lou. I had a Phoenix good Phoenix rising from the ashes. We talked about this constantly, how after the arrest, Lou was just self-deprecating, having a grand old time. I agree. And I think that's the same thing that we saw season six when yes, she came back. season seven. But why are we only seeing this every so often when the real running image of her is this countess? Do you I, think 
she just plays it up for TV and she doesn't care because I think deep down she cares. I think a lot of it is TV. If you remember when Dorinda came to the cast season seven and people were mentioning the countess thing, she's like, I've never heard of this countess thing. Like, I don't know this countess persona. Um, And then when Dorinda finally saw it, she's like, oh my God, I finally saw the countess. So Dorinda is one of her longest, you know, friends, right? Like 20 plus years or something. If Dorinda didn't know about this persona, then to me, that illustrates that when Lou goes on camera, she wants to convey this image of what she believes to be her best self. Ironically, nobody likes this version of Luann. The version that we like is actually the down-to-earth Michigan girl who became a nurse, kind of, you know, silly, can can have some self-awareness, make fun of herself. Her and Bethany, her and Bethany season 10 was actually a lot of fun. I'm just saying. They were talking shit back as, and forth. It was good. As someone who went on reality TV and gave their <laughs> full self, it's frustrating to see someone play a character of themselves. Yes, I, I agree with that. And I'm just saying it's frustrating. See, for Lou, I think... Because even Ramona's true in her truth. Even if it's the dirtiest Ramona that it is, she's there. Oh, that's for sure. I I think for Lou, people would fall in love with her if she were to just be herself. Well, I think Bethany was right. I think she needs to get whacked. I think she needs a good whacking because it seems like when she gets whacked, whether it's season six or with the rest, she knocks back to this old self, like reverts to this old state. Mm -hmm. And which is why Bethany's like, "You you need to do it. Yeah, I think Bethany is exactly right. I don't even know if Bethany has like analyzed as deep as we have, but like anytime, like you said, Luann gets a whacking, she comes back strong. She comes back, you know, a little more humble. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. It's going to take a couple more times. <laughs> so then Andy asks if the housewives have accepted Lou, if they accept Lou as she is, and uh, if they think she can change. They actually all say like they accept her. And they're rooting for her. Bethany, even at one point, says she always believes in Lou. Mm-hmm. Um, Dorinda starts like crying, and it, it almost evolves to bawling, like in the classic Dorinda way, where you just like you start to melt. Um, and she's like, "I want to see Lou through to the finish line." And then like Lou has this moment where she's like, "I need the help. Like I really need the help." And it's like a really sweet, tender moment. And then Lou says, "I felt like I lost my team, but looking at myself, I could have done better as a friend." It looks like I'm not grateful for them. And for that, I'm sorry. And they came to a resolution. I mean, it's New York. When are they not going to come to a resolution? They could stab each other in the eyes and slit each other's throats and they'd still be like, well, at least we all lost our eyes and can't (laughs) breathe anymore. We're here together. But they do it in a very organic way. Yeah, it's true. It's not forced like... Season five, Kyle and LVP. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yes. Coming off a disastrous season. Yes. And they have that opening lunch where it's super tense and they're both like, yeah, you know, we're going to just decide to move forward, right? Like, and, you know, no, we don't say anything bad each other behind each other's backs. And then, like, I think LVP or Kyle, one of them says, or in front of each other, like something like that, yeah. right? Like, and, and it's like very, like, almost like mafioso, you know? Well, Beverly or like, Hills is very mafia. Yeah, like, and, and very, like, it's, it's so not open and honest. But, like, Roni, they just, like, it's like diary of the mouth. Yes. Constantly. We're just gonna, like, say it all. We're gonna throw it all out there. And I think that's what kind of, like, hindered Barbara. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's why they even had a problem with Lou because Lou wasn't being her true self. So I think they just wanted to see Lou be her, even if she says fucked up things. But it's like, Lou, you're not hanging out with us. Uh, you're constantly editing yourself. You're only thinking about yourself. Like, be involved with us, even if you make mistakes. Because that's just that's just the protocol for Roni, you know? I mean, it's just the way that this show works. Yeah, it's exactly. It's the magic of this show. Mm-hmm. Do you want to get to our last part of the podcast now that we've discussed? Let's do it. Everything, and that is the most cringeworthy moment that each of these ladies have. And then let's talk about our most cringe moment that we thought from the season. That's how we'll end it. That's a fun way to end it, right? I love it. All right. So let's start with Sonia. Sonia says it was giving Taj advice, which Andy quickly... No, she says, she says Raj. She says Raj, yeah. <laughs> Um, she's like, but I don't think I should have done it that way. And Andy's like, Tej. And she's like, well, I like Raj. And he's like, were you, uh, giving him advice? She's like, I was making him Googleable. Googleable. Which honestly true. I mean, I wanted to know who Tej was after. Now, And you did find out who Tej yeah, was. Yeah, he's like, he's like some like middle America, like Kansas or like Missouri or something like news person. Right. It's insane. Like maybe Ohio. Yeah. He's a host on some morning show, right? Or something? Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like Tasia like in the morning. City. Or yeah, it's like Kansas City. It's somewhere like in the in like the prairie states, I feel like. And I'm just like, first of all, how did he get from there to Miami? <laughs> um <laughs> he could have walked. Maybe maybe he took a train. I'm just so interested uh, in Tasia's story. He is Googleable. Googleable. I can't see it either. Ramona said her comments about Dennis. Which was obvious. Hundred percent. We'll just leave that. Yep. Um, Dorinda says she wished she went to the clam bake and apologized to Lou. Which we talked about earlier. And she didn't even eat the lobster, which I thought was a very rude comment. She's like, I didn't even eat the lobster. I was like, okay. Tinsley uh, said it was the time she sobbed at the circus. Which I loved because that was such a good, like, bizarre New York moment. But it was kind of embarrassing. But it was embarrassing. But it's embarrassing I am for her. Miserable. It's embarrassing for her, but it was fantastic for us. Even Great TV. Even Michael Rappaport last night on Watch What Happens Live said, Tinsley, top top moment of Housewives. He's like, that was an iconic moment. He's like, the circus crying, great. I'll have to say, Eddie, I forgot about that moment when talking about like how I feel like Tinsley hasn't given us enough this season. That alone is worth the price of admission. I have to give Tinsley credit for that. Tinsley's tears are honestly a whole league of their own because from the eggs to the right. circus to <laughs> the dog, she cries over the most bizarre things. No, the worst was when she cried when Scott showed up to her apartment. <laughs> <laughs> D- didn't I make it was like, like a dying I recre- animal? Or I recreated that video. Remember? I yeah, like, you did. You did. Oh my god, that was back so when we were on when you YouTube. Um, um, and then uh, Bethany. She says an offhanded comment after they bought art, which was, I don't need a gift. I have a daughter. She doesn't have one. Referring to Tinsley. Referring to Tinsley. Which we didn't even catch. Oh, I caught it. You caught that. We didn't yeah. talk about it. We didn't. Because it was like... It, it's so offhand and it's yeah. never really addressed. Well, yeah. it's not addressed at all on the show. I mean, yeah, I remember when that happened and it was kind of like... It was like, ooh. And it was and it was because she got the chicken Campbell soup extra coin or little purse thing. Exactly. And that's why they were like, why aren't you mad? Like... She didn't care. Um, and then the last one. And uh, Lou said it was making fun of Bethany, which makes sense because as Bethany has been saying all season, it's like, look, you don't have to call me Jesus, whatever. Like the title would be nice, right? Yeah. Um, that, that wasn't her intention. That's satire, people. She wasn't literally saying that she wants to be called that. But it's actually just to point out that 
at the very least, she definitely doesn't deserve criticism. Exactly. Right? Like, you don't have to worship at her altar, but don't trash her. So Lou uh, saying um, her slandering Bethany was her most cringeworthy moment moment makes sense, honestly. Um, what was your most cringeworthy moment? I know mine. Man, uh, the, this is a good slate to pick from. Do I have to pick something different? You can choose from this list or your own. I'm going to try to choose something not from this list, but I have to say, I think objectively, it's the, it's a comment about Dennis. Yeah. Like that is definitely the worst thing all season, no doubt about it. But to just mix this up a bit and like choose something a little bit different, I'm going to say the most cringe-worthy moment was Lou looking at her poster in Miami? In Miami. And just standing by it and 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 only because of the context. If she just did that and like everything else was kosher, whatever. But it was like the culmination of this like series of selfish acts. Which again, like I defend her for. I understand it. I get why she was being so self-centered all this time. But like it was her not listening to Sonia when Sonia was Having trying to tell her down and- how that AA meeting fucked her up. And then her, you know, wanting to uh, uh, go to the beach, go to the ocean, go for a swim while Sonia's having a meltdown, having a pure mental breakdown. And then the culmination of that, of her just staring at her poster, it was really cringe. Yeah. it That was actually very cringe because, <laughs> I mean, leaving the meeting and seeing Sonia crying and she's yeah. like, well, I don't care. I'm going for a swim and to look at myself. It's very cringy. My personal moment has to be um, the New York Loves Kids uh, oh, speech. Oh my gosh. Okay, that actually wait, that beats mine by a mile. Which was my yeah. most cringeworthy moment. That, which, no, that's like the most cringeworthy moment ever. I, like, ever. Yeah, so that was what really got me in the zinger. Hopefully we don't have, I mean, it's New York. We're going to have a moment like that next season. Let's be real. The thing is, that's how they always communicate with each other. But the difference was that this time they were in front of a crowd trying to give a speech for a charity for no not even for a charity for change legislation charity to change legislation so that children who are sexually abused as children can still have to change the, the statute, statute of limitations yep. to still prosecute as adults that is a with someone there who has experienced it themselves yep. And is a forefront in this whole community. And, and she is supposed to be spotlighted. Yes. And it was terrible. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> they're just bickering in front of what? 50 people? Maybe more? <sighs> more than 50 people. There was that 50 people is a light estimate for that party. I yeah. mean, it was a restaurant that was, there was at least yeah. maybe 115. A lot of people. Yeah. That, that was awful. That was, that was so cringe. I remember we got the uh, preview of that. Yes. So the episode hadn't aired yet. And we're watching the preview and we're like, What? This is crazy. Like, it was this, crazy. This couldn't have happened. Andy was hyping it up. Yeah, you're right. That's that's the winner. Everyone, that wins. That beats all of their suggestions. I think it's even worse than the comment about Dennis, maybe? No. From a cringe perspective? No. No, it probably Dennis is worse. Dennis was much worse because it was someone close to her. Yeah. Um, but that's I, it. I think that's it. I think we covered Ugh. season 11 of New York. Sadly, it's Ugh. over. I don't want to stop talking about it, Eddie. I know. But we have Dallas coming. We have OC I coming. Know. We have one more episode of Beverly Hills. I can rewatch uh, season seven, Roni, for the hundredth time, too. You could do I that as well because you love it. 
Um, if you guys don't want to miss a single one of our recaps for our other shows that we're doing, we have six episodes a week on our public feed. So make sure you check us out and subscribe on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes, or Spotify. You'll be getting so much Bravo all the time. And if you guys want to follow us on our social media, our Instagram is fire right now. And our Twitter is as well. Check us out at Hot and Bravo. That's H-O-T-N-B-R-A-V-O-D. Armin, how can people find you? At Armin Mahram. And I'm at Ed Andrew Scorstrata. We will see you next time.